my fellow Americans. Uh, you're listening to the Sack Lodge Podcast uh, with Matt and Matt. Hello and welcome back to the Sack Lunch Podcast with Matt and Matt. Matt. Gobble, gobble. What's going on? We are back. We had a uh, brief absence from being able to record any episodes. Uh, Matt here, his, uh, his son was sick, followed by his daughter being sick, followed by my daughter being sick, followed by my son being sick. And as a result, uh, <laughs> we both felt a little under the weather ourselves sporadically at times. But we are, you know, nothing builds character like cleaning up child vomit at 3 a.m. But we are. It really doesn't. Just brutal. Just brutal. But we are extremely grateful that everybody's healthy now and glad to be back. Matt, how was your Thanksgiving? It's pretty good. This is actually the first time I've ever hosted a Thanksgiving. So I felt kind of old yesterday. Did you cook the turkey? I didn't cook Jack. My my wife is an amazing cook. She is and, a really um, good cook. It would not do Thanksgiving justice if I attempted any. I set the table, um, you know, so that was... And I feel like you're really good at making whoever cooked the food feel good because you eat a lot. So yeah. <laughs> like, I was the you're a morale booster for yeah, the cook. So, you know, Matt, come, you know, taste this. And I'm like, okay, you know, I can do that. A little more salt, babe, you know? And then that's, that's the extent of my, my cooking. But, um, yeah, okay. I know it tastes good. Um, no, I didn't cook anything, but you know, I, I helped watch the kids and keep them out of the kitchen. Um, yeah, that, that's important it. too. Everybody has their role, right? Yeah. So. I mean, it was amazing. How about yours? Uh, it was good. He stayed in town, uh, went to my brother's house, and it was good just to have the whole family together. Uh, we have five um, five little ones under age five, so that's always nice. exciting, makes it interesting. Um, let me ask you this. What is your, like, what are some of your go-to Thanksgiving foods? If if you had to go back for seconds and could only choose one dish of, you know, typical the. Um, standard thanksgiving right. dishes what what's your go-to what's your money dish for thanksgiving all of it uh, all of it no, right. I, um if i had to choose one i'd say mashed potatoes and a good gravy is hard to beat uh, see i was gonna say the exact same okay, thing I'll i was say, hoping we could get some variety there. stuffing and gravy then okay i like stuffing some people call it dressing those people are weird yeah i feel like those people are not from california yeah but um, yeah, dressing I've heard it called that. Salad. <laughs> dressing goes on a salad. Yeah, not not in a turkey. Um, yeah, mashed potatoes and gravy is a good one for me. Um, what about? Are, are you a green bean casserole guy? Because like I know that's like Heck a really no. hit or miss. I no. dude, I like green bean casserole. All right, so the, here's the best part about hosting my first Thanksgiving: green bean casserole not on the table yesterday. If it's well made, I feel like it's really good. Yeah, I mean, it could, I don't hate it, but um, no. We had we had just had regular green beans. Okay. Seasoned nicely. And then turkey, of course. We actually did not have turkey. What? We had um yeah, we had uh Wait, what? Yeah. Uh my wife uh she roasted like a whole chicken uh and then we had ham. Okay. I, I prefer chicken and gravy over turkey and gravy. I don't like how turkey makes me feel afterwards. I, yeah, there's something about Thanksgiving that just doesn't feel complete without yeah, turkey to me, but I, mean, I get that. Felt, and and ham is my a good felt complete yesterday. So. Ham is a good holiday meat as well. I feel like yeah. But, 
Uh, yeah, what so about we had, we had the you know the cranberry sauce that went well with with that. We had the stuffing, the mashed potatoes, the green beans. We had the candy yams uh, with the marshmallows. My grandma used yeah. to make those with the marshmallows. Those are clutch. What, what about? Uh, desserts, what type of, we had like pecan pies, pumpkin pies, and uh, my wife and I picked up this apple berry pie from Apple Hill that was fantastic. What that sounds, I hate pecan pie. I'm not a big fan of pecan, I, you know what, I don't even like pumpkin pie either, really. Oh. I'm not, I, I don't hate it. I don't think you're alone It's just in that. not like in my top yeah. few of. Well, I, I saw this thing on, on Twitter that this guy was going off on pumpkin pie. He was like, most people who like pumpkin pie have to have whipped cream all over it. And so do you really you like pumpkin pie? You can't have pie without cool pie? Yeah. <laughs> do you really like pumpkin pie if you're just really just eating whipped cream? All- but I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I like pumpkin pie. We had pumpkin pie and apple pie. It's just, you know, regular stuff. We didn't have a very big gathering, so we didn't really you know, go all out. But Cool. With well, the desserts. Well, we could probably do an entire episode dedicated to Thanksgiving foods, but let's, uh, yeah, let's jump into some King's talk here. Yeah. So si- a lot has happened since we last uh, recorded an episode, including a deer and fox injury, a grade three ankle sprain. Uh. Um, that was eight games ago. The Kings in those eight games are four and four. Uh, they are 7-10 and ten overall in ninth place in the Western Conference. And after uh, the Suns lost tonight to the Dallas Lucas, they are only, <laughs> the Kings are only half a game back from yeah. Phoenix for the 8 seed. Um, and the Kings are actually, uh, despite losing Fox and Bagley, the Kings are 7-5 and five in their last 12. And four of those five losses are by a combined 13 points. So we're still hanging in there somehow, Matt. We're playing good. It's been a pleasant surprise, um, and, and we have not had an easy schedule either. We've had, I, I was reading something like the fourth most difficult schedule, um, you know, in the in the league so far. And so to do what we are doing without our two, arguably our two best players has been somewhat impressive. Our it's been very yeah. surprising in a pleasant way and uh, exciting too. So yeah, that we're just hanging in there. Um, out of those eight games, what are... Uh, some of the the games that stood out to you. Um, let's talk about. You know, we we're not going to have time to dive deep into every single one of those games. Um, right. But let's let's kind of make this an overview episode before we jump back into our weekly schedule of um, yeah. re- reviewing the, that week's games. But what are some of the the games that have stood out to you? I think recently. My, I think my favorite one was the the one against the Celtics that we won at home. We won by one point. It's kind of a it was a back and forth game. Buddy had a great game, um, and then Marcus Smart missed that floater. Yeah, we almost lost at the it end. Too. I don't. I still think that thing is going in every time I every time I watch the replay. Yeah, it reminds um, me of the uh, the Indiana game that we went to last year. Yeah, right yeah, there. yeah. Um, yeah, but that was a crazy one. I was um, pretty pretty amped up, pretty nervous. Um, it was in the middle of the day, which is kind of weird on a Sunday. What was funny is my son was rooting for the Celtics. He just likes to root against Come on, whatever Roman. team is that I'm not he, rooting for. I don't know. From what you've told me, he picks whatever team he thinks has the best chance to win the game and just roots hard for that team. Yeah, so what he does before every game is he goes on the ESPN app on my phone and he looks at the little metric that they have to see who, like what team has a, a better percentage to win because that's like a little pie chart. And so normally the Kings are projected. You should just start making your own pie charts and yeah. just make it all purple. <laughs> like. 
So he he says I'm a Kings fan when they play the Suns and the Knicks because he knows that that's all we get is two opponents out of him. Yeah, so come I'm on, Roman. To, I'm trying to turn him. But, but we'll build on that. No, but um, that game was fun, dude. What about the Lakers game? That that one was rough. Ah, uh, I 99-97. We lost that game. We had the ball at the end with an opportunity to tie, or I think we should have taken a three there and gone for the win. Yeah, I think they instead were instead of driving to... into Anthony Davis. But... Yeah. I feel like they were setting up to take a three, but then Barnes saw that opening, took the opportunity to go, but he got tripped up by LeBron a little bit, and you know they're not going to call that, and it was debatable if he got fouled by Davis, but they're not going to call that either. Yeah, because so. it was kind of straight up and down by Davis, but kind of not, so it could have gone either way, and the, the superstars are going to get that call nine yeah. times out of ten. Yeah, so. and especially at the end of the game, Roman, they just kind of swallowed the Let them play, yeah. I mean... <laughs> What's frustrating is that we didn't even get a, a shot off, really. And the Kings do that quite often, whether it's at like end of quarters or especially end of games. It's like, here we go for the win. But we don't even get you know the opportunity for it to go in the basket, which, I don't know, we, we got to get better at that. But the other Celtics game that we played was, was a great one, too. We had a shot there. Um, this was just a couple games ago. We lost 103-102, and that was in Boston. What's up with Buddy Heald against the Celtics? He looks like, like the best player of all time. The first game, he threw up over 30 points, and then uh, in Boston, he, he had a career-high 42. Yeah, he likes playing against Boston, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know what I've noticed, too, is that out of those eight games, we won three out of four in the first half, and then mm-hmm. we lost three out of four. Now, granted, those were other than the Nets game, they were close losses. That Nets one was the only ugly loss, 116-97. to 97. We yeah, just we played poorly. Bo- we didn't have bogey that game. Yeah, either. no Bogdanovich. So, you know, most teams aren't going to compete without their top three players. But yeah. um, but the other games, we kept it close. Yeah. Um, I mean, any of the other games stand out to you? I mean, there was that six-point loss to Philadelphia most recently. I'm just kind of—I'm happy that we didn't get blown out in that one. Um, Joel Embiid, the game before, was held to zero points for the first time in his career. And he was vocally unhappy about that. And he came out in the first play of the game. He dunked all over Holmes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. And we got down like 11-2. to And the Sixers were just running all over us. But then we came like, back and hung yeah, in there. We had the lead for a second. And Bede ended up with, what, 33? Yeah, he had, he had a great game. And we had some shots to you know to pull within even at the end. And so I'm proud of how they fought back. They held them to under 100 points. Um, at the end of a road trip against the Sixers to hold them under 100, you know, our, our defense is keeping us in games. Yeah. And um, which I don't think anyone – saw that happening at the beginning of the year because we were letting teams score all over us. So yeah, whenever we they're practicing, it's... it's, it's we were making fun fruition, of the fact yeah. that Luke Walton was talking about focusing on defense, but now it yeah. looks like they actually are doing the two things that he's talked about, which is shoot yeah. threes and play defense. I owe Luke an apology, I guess. Not that I ever talked to him, but I, you know, on here and, and in private, I've kind of bashed him a little bit you know, at the beginning, thinking he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. Yeah, it's, I, I think he's doing a nice job. Yeah, I agree. There are still times when it feels debatable as to whether or not he is the right leader for this young group of players that we have. But overall, I think he's proven that he can you know, win with this team, and he's doing it without his two best players, arguably. So Yeah. Um, so let's jump into some player analysis here. Okay. Um, let's talk about some things that that players have been doing. So we're you know a few games into the season now. Let's talk about. Um, let's start out with Buddy Heald. 
Buddy is averaging 20.5 points per game, which is just barely a tick down from the 20.7 he averaged last year. Yeah. But what I want to point out is that he's shooting 38.6% from three, which still isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. But it's down from 42.7% last year, so he's down 4% on his three-point shooting. However, he's on pace to make 318 three-pointers, which is 40 more than last year. So he appears to have traded in his efficiency yeah. for volume. He's just jacking them up. I mean, the Kings overall are shooting uh, an enormous amount of threes, and sometimes we're not making them. We kind of live and die by it. But um yeah, Buddy's kind of a head scratcher for me this year. Like, I feel like I have been more upset with him than happy with him. Yeah. So, like, just kind of his play. But then it's like he's still averaging twenty points. So, I mean, that's pretty good for somebody who I, I felt is under, you know, underwhelmed a little bit this year. Yeah, he's played hero ball a little bit too much. I feel like, but he is shooting well overall. You and I were kind of talking earlier about the fact that Fox with his speed, will create more open looks for Buddy, probably two to three per game open threes for Buddy. And so I feel like maybe some of that efficiency will return, but he definitely needs to get better about being smarter with the ball, not forcing up shots, not dribbling the ball off his foot out of bounds when the game's on the line. Stuff that That's the stuff that just makes you want to, like, throw your remote control. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But he's been playing well. Uh, there's just still things he could do better, especially Mr. $100 million contract. Yeah, you know, and I don't so. know if the money aspect is making me want more. Um, it's kind of like when I watched Hoosiers. I thought it was going to be the greatest thing of all time because it got hyped Stop. up. Stop. You're not allowed <laughs> to even bring that movie up. You still haven't watched it again yet. So <laughs> this, um, so so let's talk about the next player. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on Corey Joseph? So he was named the starter eight games ago. Yeah. He's playing 31 minutes a game, but he's only averaging 4.4 points and 5.8 assists. Like, what, what are your thoughts on Corey Joseph being the starting point guard? I mean, obviously, it's temporary. It's kind of the cards yeah. we've been dealt, but... Well, those numbers are not eye-popping, but um, he he's playing... He's making winning plays, from what I've uh, witnessed, and a lot of times winning plays don't show up on the stat sheet, Um He's been playing good defense. He's not a lockdown defender, but he's a, he's a pest, and he he plays hard. Um, he's anchoring the defense, and if you notice, their defense has been much better um, since Fox went out. Not saying that Fox is the problem, but just it's true that we've had good defense and it's kept us in games. And um, I mean, one game he had like thirteen assists. I, I think yeah. it was. Um, yeah, so I mean, he, he is averaging almost moments. six assists a game, and. So that's actually a really good point you bring up because he's only shooting 29.4% from the field and 167 from three. That's just disgusting. But it, it, I think this, like you said, this might be a case where the numbers don't tell the entire story. Right. Um, he is averaging about six dimes and he's anchoring the defense. So if he could just like play D and pass the ball and never shoot, I think I'd be okay with him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's, got a, he's not a bad shooter. He just kind of, he looks timid right now. So maybe he kind of knows that he's just not feeling it. And so he's hesitating. Ideally, um, I feel like he's one of those guys that plays 14 to 16 minutes a night next to bogey, handling the ball in the second unit. Like, right. but he's obviously, this is what we've been dealt right now. And he's filled in admirably. However, his offensive efficiency is just not good other than the passing. You know, it's um, been kind of surprising is Justin James, um, second round rookie out of Missouri. Uh, he, prior to, um, the, five games ago, he only played 15 total minutes. 
Um, but in the last four games, rather, uh, he's averaged 20.5 minutes. Um, you know, he's been playing because, you know, um, well, first he played because Bogey was hurt uh, when we played the Nets, and, and then uh, Ariza has been out. But he's been uh, he's been kind of a nice surprise, a little energy and some defense and occasional highlight plays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. He kind of fell into playing time, wasn't playing at all early in the season, but he's been um, playing quite a bit recently, and he's been a nice spark off the bench for the Kings, yeah. I think. I like that he's confident. Um He's kind of like Justin Jackson 2.0. Like he can do some <laughs> of the things that Jackson did, but he just has a look in his eye like he wants to be out there. Yeah. Um, and he, he's not afraid to mess up, which is important. So, so boy, dead man. Yeah, let's talk about uh, our favorite offseason acquisition going into the season. Yeah. Dwayne Deadman coming off of his best, arguably, performance <laughs> of the season against Philly. He, he did have 18 points and 6 rebounds in 23 minutes, but, you know, this was actually only the first time this season that he scored over 11 points, despite averaging 10.8 a game last year for Atlanta. Um, he's shooting 23.8% from 3-point range, which is down from 38.2. 15% drop in 3-point percentage is just not good. It's brutal. And even the 23.8% from three, I was, I didn't think it was going to be that high because it doesn't feel like I can only think about two or three, three pointers that he's made off the top of my head all season. The one against Utah, that was a really big one. Yeah, that was a big three. Um, And then I think I saw him hit one against Philadelphia. Um, I I don't know. Deadman's been interesting. Hopefully this is a sign of, you know, things to come that maybe he's, you know, getting comfortable yeah, and I mean, figuring it out. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only defense for him is that the initial uh, ideal setup was for him to be playing next to Marvin Bagley, who's more of a traditional big man where Deadman is a three-point shooter. Right. Although he doesn't run, the, the, he doesn't stretch the floor extremely well, but... <laughs> what um, is he doing out there? <laughs> I know. So I feel like he could be in danger if he keeps this up of l- losing... A significant rotation timer getting pushed out, and a big reason for that is the next man. Let's talk about Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, um, Holmes, Mister Second in the NBA in field goal percentage, shooting sixty four point eight percent. What what a spark plug that guy's been for us this year. I'm thankful for Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> He's money, averaging ten point nine points, eight boards. Uh, about an assist and a steal, and uh, over one one and a half blocks too. Yeah, Yeah, he's playing defense. He's he's got some big, and he gets those energizing blocks where where Grant gets hyped. You know, like Rashawn (laughs) Holmes. (laughs) I wonder if they can hear Grant in the court. (laughs) I feel like they can. If that gets the players hyped, yeah. yeah. For the win. Um, Yeah, no. I mean, Rashawn gets me hyped. I'm sure he gets the players hyped. You got to have a guy out there like that to just kind of get you, you know, excited to play and get your energy level up. And he definitely brings that. Um, His mom's all over social media. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's that's fun. Um, I feel uh, like he's earned his spot in the rotation, even when Fox and Bagley return. Yeah, he he better start. Um, I would assume Bagley takes over the four slot and Bielitsa. Um, that, that's what I would the, think uh, as well. That, that was my guess, but we can only speculate at this point. Uh, what about your, your guy, Harrison? I, I like me some Barnes. Um, he, he, he's always there defensively, and he gets rebounds. Sometimes he goes hiding on the offensive categories, but there's other games where he um, 
you know, is everything on offense. That game against the Wizards, um, he had like 26 points. He was really the reason why we were in that game and ended up winning. Um, I think he's he's earning his money, uh, shooting over 40% from three. Averaging 16 a game. Yeah, and he's doing a good job of getting to the free throw line, too. He's, he's uh, going to the line 4.5 times per game. It's a career high for him. Um, Which is important. What I like is that I, something that I've noticed uh, in that Phoenix game that we were up big and then the Phoenix started to creep back. He made it a point to get to the line a couple times late in the third quarter to kind of stop the bleeding a little bit. And so I thought that was a, a nice veteran move of his. Um, maybe we can... Maybe the younger guys can learn something from that. Yeah, and if I'm being honest, I was a little skeptical when we signed him just because it did seem like a lot of money for a small forward that is very good, don't get me wrong, but is not really elite. And we talked about how is really the first great small forward, good small forward we've had since like Peja, maybe our test, you know, like we haven't really had many small forwards worth talking about. So, but I was a little skeptical. I agree with you, though. He's been earning his money. I've been pleasantly surprised by him. Um, I do think that when the Kings are back at full strength, he may have to reinvent his game a little bit to find out how he fits in with this team. But I think he's proven in his career that he can adapt and be flexible. He's just been a great player on and off the court for us, and I'm, I'm excited that he's on our team this year. Yeah, me too. I like Harrison Barnes. Uh, another one of your guys, your your sixth man pick. I'll, hey, I'll, I'll let you talk about he's Bogey. Making me look That's your dude. Better and better every game. It seems like Bogey. Uh, <laughs> he's, I mean, he, he's he got thrusted into a, a larger role um, as a result of the the injuries, you know, to Fox and, and obviously Bagley. But um, he's been handling the ball a lot, uh, closing out games. Not afraid to take the big shot. I mean, he mentioned before, he's like, I've been doing this in Serbia for years, you know. Yeah, he'll take those clutch shots and knock them down. Yeah. Uh, I feel like him and Buddy are the ones that, that take those big shots. Yeah. But coming off the bench, he's been averaging over 15 points, uh, almost three rebounds, um, 4.8 assists, steal and a half per game. Um, yeah, that's impressive. The five assists and, and uh, the defense with the steals yeah. has been an important part of his game. And despite how much he's handling the ball, uh, less than two turnovers a game, too. That's impressive. To me, I, I was surprised when I saw that number because I think the turnovers he has had have come in big moments. So in my head, it felt like he has more turnovers than he does. But the fact that he's averaging less than two turnovers per game, is, yeah. with despite how much he's been handling it, is actually really good. Yeah, and I mean, you could just tell we are way better when he is on the court. Um, the game against the Nets that he was out, we, we really didn't stand a chance. Yeah, that was the one game we got trounced. Yeah. One thing i kind of been disappointed with Bogey is his free throw percentage is lower than I would – expect someone uh, like him who can shoot it's 72.5 percent i mean he's got great form i mean he's a great shooter especially with that little mid-range shot that he has and so it's like i don't understand why his free throw percentage isn't up more towards 90 percent at least mid 80s but maybe that'll average out yeah right now he's shooting 72.5 percent from the free throw line yeah so Bielitsa, uh we mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, his, despite the fact that his three-point percentage has dipped a little bit recently, he still actually leads the team, uh, shooting 41.8% from three. So still very efficient, but yeah. to me, he kind of looks like he's a little winded. He's been playing heavy minutes. He, <laughs> I know, he... He just looks. Like I mean, Nikola Jokic. Am I crazy or does he look a little bit tired He's right now? He's a little now? top heavy. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, and belly is good in spurts. 
you know, he's not. I don't think he's gonna. He's good enough to be a starter all eighty-two games. But there's definitely games and stretches, even weeks, where you're like, this guy is legit. Yeah, and he's very efficient, and he has his moments where he'll knock down big shots, and I love that he stretches the floor. I still think there's a spot for him in the rotation. I just feel like, in my opinion, um, and kind of from what I've been hearing from analysts and such, I kind of feel like he'll be the one to take the biggest hit rotation-wise when when Bagley returns. I I could be wrong, but I hope it's not Holmes. You know, I hope it's Bialica. Yeah, I think it will be, too. He... I feel like Bielitsa is a couple tattoos in the shooting sleeve away from being like a really good player. He has no swag though. He needs to, like his so- he wears the low cut socks with like some Costco Court Classic shoes. No, you know, head obviously not a headband. He'd look hilarious in a headband. But so you think he needs like a ninja headband and some Yeezys and he'll be good to go or what? Some Kobe's <laughs> on his feet. He he wears like the wristbands like uh, Reggie Miller used to. It's like he's stuck in the nineties. I just feel like a little swag upgrade would help him, you know, be a little bit more consistent and, you know, I don't know. Oh, man. I'm rambling at this point, but oh, that, that's belly funny. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Ariza, um, he's been out since November 17th, so I wonder what's going on. He, he was out. He didn't even Feels travel like he's been out team since the beginning of the season. Yeah, some, like a personal, yeah. Um, he's been physically here. Yeah, he was uh, away from the team, right? Right, yeah. He, he had a personal issue to attend to. Uh, he was only averaging 4.2 points, um, 35.7% shooting. Not great. It would be good to you know get him back and, I don't know, hopefully he can make an impact. Yeah, I mean, at least hit free throws down the stretch in games when we're ahead play defense maybe he has lost a step but i mean i I feel like there's got to be at least a veteran leadership role for him there so um so let's talk about we kind of broke down some of the the players and where we're at so far some of our offseason acquisitions and just talking about the players where we're at at this point in the season let's wrap it up with a couple of um keys to why the kings are where they are right now Mm -hmm. how they have found some success despite uh, you know, losing some key players and what they need to do going forward. Well, I mean, the nice thing is is that we're only a half game out of the eighth seed. I know it's a little early, but I mean, hey, I'll take it though. When, at this point, when Bagley went down, I thought, oh man, I'd be happy to be where we're at now. When Fox went down, I thought you thought we were we done. even do this podcast anymore. Like I, was, <laughs> I felt like quitting. Um, Judas, but I've been pleasantly surprised, and I think defense is uh, the key component, you know, to the Kings' success without the without their um, future all stars. I completely agree. The defense has stepped up, just forcing bad shots, and again, back to that X Y axis thing. Yeah. We forced enough bad shots, and eventually they weren't going to fall at such a high rate. Right. You know? Yeah. So I mean, the defense has been keeping them in games. It's kind of I feel like we're similar to the Pacers, how they've been the last year without Oladipo. Um, yeah, you know, one would think that the Pacers would fall off without their superstar, but because they play good defense, they've been they've been a, a playoff team. That's true. Although yeah. Brogdon has been a monster for them this year. Yeah, but, he's good. But, but I agree with that. Um, let's talk about Buddy and Bogey a little bit. They are uh, Buddy Hield and Bogdanovich are clearly the go-to scorers in our mm-hmm. on our offense right now. The They're the guys that take the clutch shots that we want. We do want the ball in their hands, but that's a good thing and it's a bad thing because they're also the ones to play what I call hero ball where they'll force up a shot, where they'll get tunnel vision, and then Buddy will be a buffoon and bounce the ball off his foot. So they're they're the most clutch, best shooting guys on the team, but they also tend to make some bonehead plays sometimes too. I don't know. Yeah, uh, they're kind of learning on the fly. 
you know, they haven't really been in this role before. And so now they that's are. true. That's um, fair. Sometimes I wish they were just a little bit more self-aware of what their capabilities are as players. Um, bogey, love them. But at the end of that Boston game with 30 something seconds left, we were down by one and, you know, great opportunity to get a bucket and put the pressure back on them. He's at the top of the key versus Marcus Smart, and he tries to get a little fancy with the dribbling, and Marcus Smart is an elite defender, and he picks his pocket. And then all of a sudden, the game is, is totally different. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, if you see somebody like that, I, I mean, I get it that, you know, Bogey has pride and he's good, um, but pass the ball. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, versus the Sixers, Buddy got his lunch taken by that rookie um, Thibel. Is, yeah. is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um he made him look like you know a, a kid out there, and you know, and, I don't, and he kept going at him. It's and like, he would buddy, make a on. steal, the buddy would, and then he get the ball. He'd turn the ball right back over and get it stolen back. And yeah. it's like before we could even do anything to shift the momentum in our direction. Yeah, that was frustrating. With that being said, though, I mean, without Buddy and Bogey, we would not be in you know this position. No, that's that that's we true. Are. And that's so it's true. like you kind of take the good with the bad, and, and mm-hmm. mostly it's good. But sometimes you're just like. Oh, Gosh, you know, they just make some really boneheaded, um, you know, mistakes or or plays. But, you know, for the most part, we love we love Bogey and Buddy. I agree. And finally, let's talk about a few of the things that the Kings can do better. Um, I guess they could still, um, you know, tighten a few screws, so to speak. Yeah. There's still a couple things. Uh, when I was watching a game the other day, I saw a very poor missed box out that led to mm-hmm. a put-back dunk. Um, I feel like we are doing a better job this season of hitting free throws, but still yeah. room for improvement there. Um, like we said, Buddy and Bogey forcing shots up yeah. is something that needs to not happen as often. Um, can you think of some other things that the Kings could do better? Uh, I agree with all those points. I, I not really. We're close. Um, we're we're close to putting it all together to you know win in some of those games that we lost by one or two points. You know the free throws is a good point. I think the games that we've been uh, a getting to the line that's been a problem. It's just not getting to the free throw line. Um, and but then when we them. do get there, making them the games that we do that we've won, and the games that we don't we lose. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see how the team adjusts when Bagley comes back soon as well um yeah. hopefully that doesn't derail us from our momentum that we <laughs> i we have, assume it, it won't yeah i mean he's a great player. i mean it can only help he's yeah. one of the best players on the team so yeah. um so let's talk about the upcoming games tomorrow we're taking on denver uh you and the missus will be in attendance i'm gonna be there yeah at the uh, g1c oh man i'm pumped um Shout out to my wife's friends who hooked us up with some tickets it wasn't even expected that we were gonna go um but uh, but yeah, excited to to see the Kings play. I'm wondering what court it's going to be. They haven't lost when they when they uh, go to the retro court. So if I walk I in the arena and I see that retro court, you're gonna be, be feeling, feeling good. good. Yeah. Unless they lose for the first time with that court, yeah, you're, and also, you're in attendance. We're also so. due for a loss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Kings' uh, next few games, they've got Denver tomorrow. Then they've got Chicago on December second at home, and then at Portland on December fourth. So okay. uh, how do you feel about those three games, and what do you think is a good goal for those three? Well, Denver's going to be tough. Um, they're a great team. They only have like three losses on the whole year. Um, I think we can get it, though. I mean, at home, anything's possible. We're going to have the crowd. Um, you know, I'll do my best, Matt. I'll scream as loud as I can. I'm depending on you. Um, <laughs> and then Chicago, 
Not a great. We got to win that game, right? Yeah, I would see. I, mean, I almost think Denver's going to be a tough one. We do have a chance, but I feel like we, if we don't win against Denver, we need to win against Chicago and Portland. Yeah, Portland um, has been surprisingly bad this year, but um, yeah, they, they did just sign Melo, though. Ooh, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that in a second. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so two out of three, you think, or what? You, two out of three is you know, is a great goal. 3-0 would be amazing. That would be fun. If we get this Denver win, if we somehow just sneak it out or, you know, and, and uh, steal one, um, then 3-0 and could be possible. But you know, at Portland, it's never easy either, so I'm not going to overlook that one. Port- I mean, Portland hasn't been playing well, but in, in, at the same time, well, you're had, when are they going to turn it around, you know, because they're not going to be that bad all year. Right. Lillard's efficiency has dipped quite a bit, but I read that he had a back injury. Yeah. Um, and then there's McCollum. And, you know, at any night, those guys could explode. So yeah, um, well, and even well, Chicago. I mean, Zach Levine could just stomp all over us and score fifty points or something. And so right, uh, yeah, two and one. That's my goal. That would be that would be good. I agree. All right, so uh, let's wrap this episode up with some news and notes. All right. Wait, what? News. All right, Matt, news and notes, who's doing what? The previously mentioned Carmelo Anthony has, it just won't go away. He's come back and signed a one-year veteran minimum contract with the Portland Trailblazers. Surprisingly, through his first five games with the Blazers, uh, he's averaged 16.6 points per game to go along with five rebounds and uh, just under two assists. So, I mean, he hasn't been playing poorly. I wonder, though, if he is kind of throwing off the, the game of Damian Lillard a little bit. I know Lillard's back has been off, but, like, I don't know. I mean, we know Melo can score, but he's been chucking up the ball, too. Yeah, he, he said this is not a farewell tour, and uh, he's he's coming out firing. 16 points, though, that's better than Willie Cauley-Stein. So, yeah, know. anybody's better than Willie Cauley-Stein. Hey, uh, Kemba Walker had a scary injury. He ran headfirst into a teammate. Um had to be carried off on a stretcher. Yeah, so that was crazy. Did you see that? Anytime you see the stretcher out, um, prayers up for that. But uh, he, he only missed one game, and then he returned and scored 39 points against the Nets. So I think his neck's feeling a little bit better. Yeah, he got carried off on a stretcher, <laughs> missed a game, then came back and dropped 39 on the Nets. Yeah. Um, Struggled a little bit more <laughs> against those Nets tonight. Only scored 17, but we're right. glad he's okay. Yeah, but. good for Kemba. Yeah. So De'Aaron Fox was getting up some shots at practice earlier today. Um, Reportedly, he was not getting much lift on his shots, though. Um, He's reported to likely still be at least a couple weeks away from returning from that grade three ankle sprain, but making progress. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, I I did. I saw the video and he wasn't really jumping at all. But the fact that he's just out there standing up. Because last week he was taking shot, he was taking shots, but he was sitting in a chair. Yeah, and so he he's he's up, he's walking a little bit, which is good. I mean, you know, who who knows? Maybe a little bit uh, earlier return than usual. So yeah, so we can't expect him back yeah. too soon. But yeah, sooner than later. Um, Bagley's been cleared for contact, or, or he's not been cleared for contact yet. My, my apologies, but um, he has been doing some on court work. Uh, he's expected to miss at least a couple more games, but uh, should be returning soon. So help is on the way. Yeah, I've heard that it could be as soon as um, this coming weekend. So yeah, or, or next weekend, I guess the the following weekend. So. I'm excited with the way that we're playing right now without him. If we could just get one of them back, I'm excited to see how how you know we could take off a little bit. Yeah, me too. 
All right, well, that pretty much wraps up the uh, the show this time. Please continue to um, follow us on Twitter and to subscribe to us and leave us good reviews on whatever podcast app you might be using, Apple, Google, Spotify. Um, and that's all we have this time. Until next time, I'm Matt, he's Matt, and this is the Sack Lunch Podcast. <laughs>